This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, so here's the statement of the night. This is called a phone. But this is called a, not a smartphone. This is what we call a very learning disabled phone. Or a dumb phone. They call it on the street a dumb phone. So I came to the conclusion, if the phone is dumb, the person is smart. If the phone is smart, we'll leave the rest to your imagination. Okay, but anyway, what I want to talk about tonight is a fantastic question that you're all going to go home, Pesach, don't, don't ask the question before you get to the Seder. You're going to ask this question at the Seder, and you're just going to be like the superstar of the whole Seder, because this is the essence, this is the secret and the essence of Pesach, and the question is as follows. Why do we eat matzah on Pesach? The reason we eat matzah on Pesach is, oh, you know what? If you, if, Miriam, if you can give me a chumash, it would be like crazy helpful. A chumash, a chumash shemos. There's a chumash shemos. There's a blue one in the back. Back there, there's no chumashim. Maybe behind me. Okay. Yeah, usually in that, in the, no, okay, not tonight. When you need one, there isn't any. Everyone who's watching thinks I walked out. They're like, oh my gosh, he left. No, I need one from upstairs. You know that you know the combination? Ah, I'll tell it to you. But not on not on the uh, all right, turn off the speaker. It's odd. What? Just do odd. Just do the odd, odd. Do the odd numbers. It's very simple. Now everyone knows. So, so the question is like this. Question is like this. So, in memory, why do we eat matzah? Because when they left Mitzrayim, right? The pasuk says why. It's not like uh, the pasuk says the reason that we eat matzah. Because when they left Mitzrayim, they didn't have time to bake the dough. Right? So, as children, when we grew up, for some reason we were under the opinion that they put the dough on their backs. It does say that in the passage, that they put the dough on their backs. But the dough didn't bake on their backs. Do you know what it takes to bake dough? About 275 degrees. The desert was never 275 degrees. If the dough baked on their back, then they baked. So we have this thing when we're kids that the dough didn't bake on their back. So the Machokas, where they baked the dough. Two different places that they traveled. I don't remember if it was Morrow or somewhere else. The Medrash says they, they, they went out with the dough not being baked. And then they baked it and they, got, they had matzahs. So in memory of that, we eat matzah. Okay, I understand that. It makes sense. In memory... Of the matzah, we eat matzah. What is the problem with chametz? Where does chametz come to Yitzhak Mitzrayim? What does chametz have to do with Pesach? I understand that you should eat matzah. When you eat the matzah, you should say in memory of the matzah that happened. On Shavuos, right? So we eat dairy. Why do we eat dairy on Shavuos? Because their pots were in kosher. Then they got the Torah and they couldn't make steak because their pots were in kosher. That's the kasha of their pots. So they had to eat dairy. So in memory of that, we eat dairy. But the whole shvuas isn't 
cheesecake. So if the if if the the reason we eat matzah is to, mem- to remember. So what's the problem with having chametz and at the Seder, right? Having matzah to remember. How do we know this? From marar. You eat marar to remember. But you don't, there's no halacha that you can't eat tomatoes and cucumbers and, and all the other, and string beans and all the other vegetables. Halacha is you should eat marar to remember the marar. So eat matzah to remember the matzah. Weirdos, bread, Crumbs, thank you very much. And unleavened bread, where does that come into Pesach? What does that have to do with Mitzrayim? It has nothing to do with Mitzrayim. So why is this halacha? You're not allowed to have You're not allowed to see chametz. You're not allowed to own chametz. You have to burn the chametz. You have to be mavatle. You have to make it hefker. Like chametz is like really bad. What does chametz have to do with Mitzrayim? Nothing. Hello? How many Pesachs did you um, have so far? And we all clean and vacuum. What does chametz have to do with Mitzrayim? Was there a maka called chametz? Did bread come from the heavens and fall on, the, and, on, on their heads? Like, and bread is a very holy thing. On Shabbos you have to have challah. At a, at a wedding you have to have challah. At a, at a, at a bris, at a, at a pig in a band, at a seum you have to wash. Bread is not a bad thing. Bread is a good thing. Right? So what is the problem on Pesach with bread? Why does the Torah tell us? It's not in memory of anything. In memory of the matzah, is not, not that you shouldn't eat bread. That's like, that's like saying, again, like the Mara. In memory of the Mara, you're only allowed to eat bitter herbs or romaine lettuce. No tomatoes. No cucumbers. At the Seder, you're allowed to serve cucumbers and tomatoes and radishes. So what's going on over here? Bomb question. You know, we call this a bomb question. And I had a chaburah last night of boys, and they were like, uh, wow, like, I don't know. I'm like, celebrated 50 Pesachs, and you don't know? So let's go to the source of, of, of the whole, in Pasha's Shmos, in, in the book of Shmos, in Pasha's Bo. Okay, let's see what happens. And then I'm going to ask you another question. It's totally going to, you're going to fall out of your chairs. I don't know who's going to pick you up. Let's see. Listen to this. Let's go to the UTS Mitzrayim. Here we go. Okay. Fine. Right. Um, take a, take an animal, tie it up. Come Pesach. We're about to be able to I'm going to kill all the Bechorim. There's going to be blood on your door on the inside, which is interesting. It's for next week's Mitzrayim. Right. Okay. Now listen. Shabbos Yamim, matzah is techelu. For seven days, eat matzah. Ach biyam arisha and tashbisu, but also on the first day, you already have to stop. Tashbisu sa'ami botechem. You have to get rid of all the chamech, all the unleavened bread, all the sourdough from your houses. Kikol eichel chamech, whoever eats chamech, v'nichrasa hanefeshahim Yisrael. Cut off, chayef kares. Cut off from kai Yisrael. It has to go on for seven days. No chametz. By Yimatza, you can't see it, you can't own it, you can't, it can't be in your house, it has to be sold or closed, whatever it is. So, girls, hello? You, you, you can't own it, you can't see it, you're not allowed to have one drop of chametz in your house, and we don't know why? 
Nobody knows why. What does it do? What does it do with Mitzrayim? Nothing. It's the opposite of matzah. So, so eat the matzah to remember the matzah. What, what is the cake? Why does the cake bother you? Why does the chocolate chip cookie bother you? Listen to the pasuk. The first day, seventh day, you not do any work. Watch the matzos. We'll see what that means. What do you mean? Watch, sit there and look at the matzah? No. There's no mitzvah looking at matzah. The mitzvah is eating the matzah. What does that mean to watch the matzah? Did any of you ever learn Pasha Shmoth? I'm, I'm not criticizing anyone here because I didn't know the answer before I appeared this year either. You should watch the matzahs. What does that mean? You should sit home and look at the matzah and you should eat the matzah. It doesn't say that. It says, Because I took you out of him. Now we have to get to the reason, right? Again, the Torah tells us in the same Pasha, in the same Perak, seven days, you better not find any chametz in your house. Anyone who eats anything that's unleavened, you're going to be chayv kares. And then the next passage, again, you said this already four times. What are you saying it so much? Why are we eating matzah? Let's go further. Why are we eating matzah? Here's why we're eating matzah. Now, here's the question that you're not going to fall out of your chair, but this is an unbelievable question. So they had a mitzvah to eat matzah, korm pesach. Right? To eat matzah, korm pesach, in Mitzrayim before they left. So if the reason you're eating matzah is in memory that when they left they didn't have time to bake, why did they eat matzah before they even left? They didn't leave yet. So if it's a memory, if the mitzvah of matzah is a memory that they had to run out in the middle of the night, they had to run out, and the bread never got a chance to bake, it didn't happen yet. So why did they eat in Mitzrayim before midnight? They had to eat a Karm Pesach. One second, that didn't happen yet either. The reason we eat a Karm Pesach is that at midnight, the, the Mahamavas went through, killed all the Mitzrayim. Hashem Pesach, he passed all the houses of the Jews and didn't hurt them. And that's why we eat the Karm Pesach. One second, they're eating the Karm Pesach, Erev Pesach. Not only that, they weren't allowed to leave over from the Karm Pesach at Chatzos, after Chatzos, they weren't allowed to eat it anymore. So, what's going on over here? You're eating the Karm Pesach. Pesach didn't happen. Hashem didn't pass anything. The, 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 the matzah didn't unleaven, the, the dough didn't be unleavened yet. Nothing happened yet. And they're eating, they're already eating it in memory. How could you have a memory of something that didn't happen? How could you eat something in a memory of something that didn't happen? It only becomes a memory after it happened. Okay, you didn't fall out of your chair, but okay, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy question. What's going on over here? Now, the Pasik says, don't worry, we're not alone in this. Because whoever I asked, the Pasik says like this. They, they threw them out. They thought they were all going to die. This is where it came, the mistake as kids. And the people carried the dough, Terem Yechmatz, right, before it became Chametz, in a bag, in a sack over their shoulders. So that's where the dough was. 
and they did, they did what they were supposed to do, and right they run now. They run out by your and they baked the dough that they left Mitzrayim. It didn't bake on its own. They baked as a Ugois matzos into into matzah ki loy chametz. It didn't it didn't rise ki goshim in Mitzrayim because they were thrown out of Mitzrayim. Loyosim from Mea. They could not wait to start baking in their ovens. The gamtzei the loyosim lehem and they didn't even prepare any food. They had to run out. So that is why we eat matzah. What does this have to do with chametz? Nothing. Zero. Why can we not have chametz on Pesach? And if you do, you're chayiv kares. If you eat chametz, you're chayiv kares. Kares means you're cut off from the whole Jewish nation. Ladies, if you're mechalel Shabbos, you light a fire on Shabbos, you're not chayiv kares. You're chayiv skila. They stone you, and you die, and you go to Gan Eden. Or you ever have to go. But kares means you're cut off. You're not part of the nation anymore. You're telling me that eating a piece of cake or a piece of challah, which you're supposed to eat a whole year round, which is nothing wrong with, is worse than Michal Shamas? The answer is yes. We'll see in a minute why. And there's a very special mitzvah, a very special mitzvah, on the night of Pesach to tell your children you got to tell the vincha b'yemahu lemor. Right? It talks about this at the end of Bo. Shivas yom terechal matzahs. For seven days you should eat matzahs. Matzahs yechel shivas yom. Again, you should eat for seven days. And you're not allowed to see any chametz. And you can't see any unleavened dough. Anywhere in your borders. We never have a mitzvah that's so, we're warned over and over and over and over and over. You can't, what, what can't you own if somebody put chazer in your, in your freezer, right? And you opened up your freezer and you saw a pig in your freezer, you saw bacon. It's not navera, but on, on Pesach, and that's trace. On Pesach, if you open up and there's a piece of challah there, it's an avera. How, how could that be worse than a piece of pork? Here it says, you can't see it. And tell your kids, so it's a very special mitzvah. The whole Pesach night is a mitzvah about your kids. We have the Arba, we have the Arba Banim, we have the four sons. We have the, the, what's it called? The, the Manashtana, which is for, is, which is for children. The reason that the, that the Shulchan Aruch says that we have the Afikoman at the end of the meal, because we keep the kids up. If they're going to get a prize, they're going to stay up. So the whole Seder is based on kids. Why? Shavuos, you don't sit up Shavuos night, you sit up and learn. You don't talk to your kids about Shavuos, about getting the Torah. Wasn't that huge that we got the Torah? I mean, isn't that the reason that we left Mitzrayim? The reason we left Mitzrayim was to get the Torah? So shouldn't we talk to our kids Shavuos night about the Torah? No mitzvah. Shouldn't we talk to our kids about sukkahs that we, that, that, that is the mitzvah to sit in the sukkah and talk about the sukkahs that we're in the midbar? No. The sukkah reminds us of the arba, the four, the, the, the clouds? No. But we should talk about the matzah? What's going on over here? Good questions. Very good questions. 
So the Territ is as follows. By the way, I, just, I mentioned the, the um, before, I have to tell you something really beautiful that I heard about the four sons. So the question about the four sons is, it could be from the Badich Barov. It sounds like it. By the way, tonight, tonight is a very big yard site. Tonight, a lot of people went to um, to to Poland. So I'm going to tell you a story about Noam Elimelech because it's his yard site. I'm ADD. I'm going off. I hope they'll be able to come back. So the true story about the Noam Elimelech. When Noam Elimelech had a brother named Rav Zisha, there were two, and there was a blood libel. Oh, Pesach! There was a blood libel in Poland, and they blamed it on these two rabbis. So they threw him into a prison, um, a Polish prison with a bunch of goyim, and the prison was, the cell that they were thrown into was a teeny room. It wasn't even four by four, four feet by four feet. It was a teeny room. They squashed them all in. So, I'm sorry, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't eight by eight, right? Eight feet, in, eight feet by eight feet, because four amas is, an amas is two feet, so four amas is eight feet. That's how small it was. So, they throw these Jews in, there's a bunch of goyim, you can imagine the Polish dungeon, what, it, what was going on in a Polish dungeon. And Rav Zisha falls onto the floor and he starts crying hysterically. And the Noem Elimelech is very upset. Because, you know, it's, it's a chil Hashem to show the Goyim that, you're, that, you know, if that's what Hashem decided that you should be thrown into jail, you have to be macabre it. So he bent down to his brother and he said to Rav Zisha, why are you crying like this? I mean, it's the Hashem in front of them. We have to show them that we accept it. And then that's it. He said, no, you don't understand why I'm crying. He said, why are you crying? He says, you didn't see, but in the corner of the room is a pail, a metal pail. And there's no bathroom in the room. So all these people are going, their waste, the human waste, they're, uh, they're making in the, in the pail. And you know the halacha is that if you're in four amos of human waste, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to dive in, you're not allowed to learn, you're not allowed to make a bracha. So, we're stuck in this prison, we can't learn, we can't talk Torah, we can't dive in Shachos Mechem we can't do anything. You don't think, he said to the Noyim you don't think that's a reason to cry? So the Noyim Elimelech said to his brother, it's a nice yard site, said to his brother, it's a reason to dance! Reason to dance. Can't make a bracha, you can't daven. He says, that means that every second that we're in this prison, we're keeping a halacha. That you're not allowed to daven. That we really want to daven, but we're not davening. Why? Because the halacha is you're not allowed to daven. So when do you ever get a chance that every single second you're keeping a halacha? He says, so as long as we're in here, we're keeping a halacha, you're not allowed to daven, you're not allowed to learn. That's crazy. We never had a chance to have such a mitzvah, but every second... You're doing a mitzvah. So, the, so Rav Zisha said, you're right. He says, let's dance. We should dance. When do we ever get such a chance? So Naim Elimelech picks up the pail and he starts to dance. Because of this pail, they're keeping a mitzvah. And the Polish goyim that are there see these two rabbis dancing with a pail of waste. And they're thinking in their head that they don't know anything about Jews. They're like, listen, we know that the Jews were saved from Egypt, right? And whoever went, the Erev whoever went with the Jews was also saved. So if they're dancing, we should also dance. And maybe, because there used to be such an Abayi Zara called Melech, that's how you served him, right? 
by defecating. That's how you serve them. So they thought maybe the Jews, what was it? A balpar. I'm sorry, balpar. Right? They used to eat this grass that would make right. So so balpar. So Malik was the one they brought their kids to. They they sacrificed their children. So so they so so the guy have thought that maybe the Jews serve God with a a, a pail of waste. So now everyone's dancing. And they're passing this pail around, and everyone's dancing, and the guard hears what's going on over here. We threw him in all into jail. Everyone's dancing. So he opens the door and he sees the Jews are dancing, the Goyim are dancing, they're passing the pail. So he asked one of the Goyim that was standing, he goes, What's going on over here? We throw you guys into jail and you, what, what are you so happy about? He says, It's unbelievable. The, 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 the two rabbis, they're serving their God, they're so happy. How are they serving their God? Well, as long as that pail has stuff in it, they're happy. God says, really? I'm going to, it's a very famous story. He says, I'm going to teach them a lesson. Give me the pail. He takes the pail. He cleans it. He washes it. He scrubs it. Right? He comes back to the jail. And he says, rabbis, come here. Now what are you going to do? Now you have nothing to pray for. Now you can't serve your God. And he says, anyone in this room, the minute someone defecates into this pail, bring it to me immediately. We will clean it immediately. They are not going to ever get a chance to serve their God again. And that was the story. And they were able to learn. And they were able to daven. It was amazing. And the Noyim Eli Melech turned to Avzisha and he said, Shema Yisrael. Listen Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu. Yudke Vav. We say it all the time, right? Yudke Vav is Rachamim. is pity. Elokeinu is Din. Elokim is Din. Hashem Elokeinu, what is he? Hashem or Elokeinu? Is he Din or is he Rachamim? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu. That's both. Hashem Echad, it's all Rachamim. Whether you can daven because the room is clean, or whether you can't daven because the room is filthy, it's all the same. It's the same God. It's all the same. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Whether, whether it's a joy, it's a happiness, or it's a tragedy, it's the same God. It's the same God that brings babies into the world that takes people out of the world. It's not a different God. It's not like one baby God and then there's one death God. No. It's all Hashem. Shema Yisrael, listen Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Whether he's in Din or whether he's in Rachamim, at the end of the day, it's Hashem Echad. It's all Rachamim. That's the story. Li'ili Nishmas, the name Elimelech. Okay. Now let's go back to our, to our question. So the question, the question we have here is, Ruth, you came. The question we have here is, what, why do you, why can't you have chametz on Pesach? Matzah is a memory of the matzah that we ate. What is chametz a memory of? Because you're eating matzah, you can't have chametz. You eat maror, but you're allowed to have tomatoes and pickles and every other vegetable. Mara is to remind you why your is chayehem. What do the vegetables have nothing to do with? I can eat any vegetable I want, right? We serve salad at the, at the, at the, at the, at the, at the, at the meal. So why can't I eat matzah? Let's wash and eat matzah like cheesecake, right? You wash and then you have a piece of cheesecake to remind you of, 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 of Kabbalah Satayra. So let's wash. Let's wash on, on bread. Let's have cookies, whatever it is, and cake. Who cares? And let's eat matzah in memory of the matzah. That's what it... Where is Chamech coming to this picture? And we see the Torah warns us over and over and over. If you eat Chamech, Chayv Kors, Chayv Kors, you can't see it. You can't own it. It's the only thing that you can't see. On Yom Kippur, can you see... You're not allowed to eat food. Can you see food? Of course you can see food. You can look at food all day on Yom Kippur. It's not Navera to see food. It's not Navera to own food on Yom Kippur. So why is it not Navera 
to see chametz. Why is that an avera? So here's a teretz. Amazing, amazing, crazy teretz. So, the, the Kabayasha, we're just going to start it. We're just going to start it. The Kabayasha says the following. Kabayasha says, you should watch the matzah. There's no mitzvah to watch a matzah. Okay, so we learned at Shmira, you have to watch the flower, right? There's two kinds of Shmir, Meshach Ksira, Meshach Tchina. Shmir Meshach Tchina means that, Meshach Ksira means that before they cut the, the wheat, it has to be, it can never touch water. The kernels can never touch water. So people have to watch the wheat be cut. And from the time that wheat is cut, grinding, shelling, everything, until it touches the water to make the dough for the matzah, it has to be watched that no water touches it. So that's that's our matzahs today. It's called shmura matzah, watch. Shmira mishas ksira, watch from when it is cut. The less, we don't even have them today, but it used to be, that they weren't always able to watch them from when it was cut. So it's called shmira mishas tchina. Shmura when the time that it's ground. Let's say there was no wheat growing there. It was in a different country that they couldn't go to. So they imported the kernels of wheat. So they couldn't watch it when they cut it, but they start watching it from when it's ground. From when it's ground, right, specifically you're not even allowed to make matzah the day that the flour is ground because the flour is hot. When the flour is hot because it's rubbed between millstones, then it rises faster. So you have to wait a day. And the water, the water also has to be overnight. It has to be cool. Okay, but anyway, so that's the shmira, ushmartem. Has to be watched from water touching it. But this is what he says. Royal is bainan. Lama amahatara mitzvah lashen shmira. Why does it say lashen shmira? It says the following. Tzricha, you need to know. Isa, dough, needs a special shmira from the sitra achra. Chametz, the word chametz, represents the sitra achra, the satan. When it says machmetzes, that, that it's rising, the rabbis are look for bishas of sitra achra. It's talking about the female counterpart of the satan. There's a female counterpart, and I saw in the Zoya this past month in Shabbos, in Pasha Shmini, that the Nachash was also created, Zachar Nekeva, with the Nekeva on his back. He was created like the human being. So, he also had a counterpart. And his counterpart, her name, we're not supposed to mention. It's L-I-L-I-T-H. And in Hebrew, you're not supposed to mention it, because then she comes to you and makes big trouble. So, yeah, that's what it brings down. So you're not really supposed to say her name. So the, the Satan and his wife represent Chametz. Why? What, what, what does that mean? What do you mean the Satan and his wife Chametz? I mean, what, what does Chametz have to do with the Satan? You know, okay, it makes you a little heavy if you eat a lot of carbs, but you know, that's nothing to do with the Satan. Like, what does that have to do with the Satan? So the, yeah, but what is what's what is it? So do that on Yom Kippur. No, but it's not a No, I'm saying, but you're right. When you get there, but do it on Yom Kippur. It, it, Pesach's not a time for doing tshuva. What's going on over here? What's going? It's, so on Yom Kippur, don't eat chametz. Well, you don't eat chametz anyway. On Rosh Hashanah, don't have any chametz. Chametz is a satan. Rosh Hashanah, no. What is Pesach? We left Mitzrayim. What does that have to do with it? The answer is amazing. So, my mother didn't bake challah. My wife used to not, Baruch Hashem, now she bakes challah. But she also didn't bake challah. So I never saw how challah was made. I never saw how challah was made. After we got married, so there's a very big school that the Shabbos after Pesach, 
you make what's called shlisel challah. Shlisel challah is a key. You put a key in the dough. You bake the challah and the key, then, you know, you just hope you don't bite on it. When you cut the challah, you take the key out. It's in a little bit of aluminum foil. And the reason we do shlisel challah is that Hashem has the keys to tchiyas amesim, the, the, the keys to having children, the keys of, of making our parnasa, and the keys of geshem, of, of rain. And he has the key of parnasa. So the, we, 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 the shlisel challah, right after Pesach, is to get the key of parnasa, and it's a schooler to become rich. So you put your safe deposit key in there. Put your front house key if you want to buy get a bigger house. Doesn't help. Okay. Well, imagine if the key wasn't there. Aha, that we don't know. So it's a mini Yisrael, it's a it's a schooler. And you know, I remember a rabbi got up, he was very upset. He was like, Well these schoolers, if people would keep halacha the way they keep schoolers, right? We'd be a much better nation. You know, all our schoolers, we do all our schoolers. So I said to him, I said, I have to disagree with you because there are two schoolers for Panasa. One is Shlisl Chala, right? Is the key in the Chala. The other one is the Tuesday of Pasha B'Shalach, when it's Pasha Zaman, we say, it's a tefillah from the Shla, we say two times the Pasha Zaman and one time the, one time the Unkos. So that's not a schoola. That's Halacha. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I'm not saying. You have to bench. Oh, you mean inside? Okay, but, but that's not a schoola. That's, this is a schooler. Where does that come from? That so you should read inside? Yeah. You should always read inside everything. Everyone talks about it. Really, when you dive in, you should dive in from inside. You should always dive in from inside. That's a halacha. When you say you have to have a special kavanah or you have to say ashray over again. So those are not accepted schoolers like the, the Ramah, like these two. So I said to the rabbi, I said, one second. What are you upset about? I said, if a person believes that the key in the challah or saying the Pasha Zaman is going to bring up a panasa, what he's saying is that he does not believe that because he works hard or he's smart that he's making money. He believes it's coming from Hashem. So to bring it down, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's not the most important thing in the world. But by, by, by baking shlisl challah, when a woman bakes shlisl she's saying it's not because we're smart or we invested right or we bought real estate. It's up to Hashem. I'm saying the teal are It's up to Hashem. So don't knock it. Most people walk, walk around and say, uh, you know why I'm rich? Because I'm rich because I'm a smart guy and I made good investments and I was at the right place at the right time. Real estate. R, right place, right time. You know, that's a, and it was in real estate. Like, you have to be in the right place at the right time. What? Who put you in the right place at the right time, silly? Right? You think you're the, you're the smart person? You're not. So that's not a bad thing. Now, so... I also went to the school. I was young. We were married. I'm also. Ask him if, he, if, if his wife makes shlisel challah. Everybody makes shlisel challah. Some people don't put the key in it. They make the challah look like a key. Ask what? Ask if he says pasha I'm general. I'm sure he says pasha daman every day. Okay. And it, yeah, but this is not the. Yeah, because he's not into the red string, that kind of stuff. But this is pretty. pretty ask it. Like, it would be interesting to find out. So, anyway. So you have another challah. What do you have to lose? So, so I was I was young. I didn't know anything about challah. So my wife said, "Okay, we got to do shlisel challah." So go to I'll go to Glatmar and Kinneret Kosher makes these blue boxes of challah. And all you need to do is egg it, put some sesame seeds on it, and put it in, and that's it. Finished, right? So what do I know? So I come there and I'm like, the bigger the challah, the bigger the parnosa, right? So I'm going to get myself a big challah. I go to the freezer. I remember this like today. And I see, like, 
a hundred little blue boxes. I'm like, I don't want a bilkala. I don't want a little teeny, you know, roll. I want a challah. So I'm looking and I'm looking and I can't believe, like, everybody, I'm, he's sold out. All he has left is bilkala, these little rolls. So I went to the manager. I said, you guys are sold out of challah? I can't believe it. He goes, are you kidding me? Do you know how much? We know today is Arab Shabbos. It's stock. I'm like, no, you sold out of challah. He goes, what are you talking about, Rabbi Wallstein? At that time he called me Wallstein. I wasn't Rabbi Wallstein. I said, I said, come with me. We go there. He says, what's your problem? You got hundreds of challahs. I'm like, I don't want little challahs. He goes, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He goes, that's not the size of a challah. Read the instructions. I turn it over, right? And what does it say? Leave it out for three hours. Enough time for it to rise. I come home. I didn't know this. How would I know this stuff? I come home. Oh, I said, sure, yeah, I take it out, put it on the wax paper, cover it with a towel, right? I went to work. I come back four hours later. Whoa, it's sticking out of all the sides of the towel. How is this big? That's the satan. Satan says stuff happens on its own. There's no hashkacha pratis. Hashem has nothing to do with it. It happens. Who is that? Who believes in that? Amalek. A Malik is randomness. A Malik is, you're lucky, you're not lucky. A Malik is, stuff happens. A Malik is anti-God. There is no God. The world happened. Evolution happened. Things happen. Mother nature. There's no God. Stuff happens. Chametz is the Satan and his wife. Because their whole thing in this world is there is no God. The basis of atheism is chametz. The basis of atheism in the world that there is no God is the, the ability for flower to rise on its own. That is what chametz represents. And that's why you chayef kares. That if you believe that there is no God and the world happens on its own, everything happens on its own, you are cut off from Hashem. So it's not skila, it's kares. And when it comes to atheism, you can't see it, you can't own it, you can't have it in your house, even if the drawers are closed. Because atheism grows on its own. It's like a challah. Matzah is the opposite. From the second, if you've ever been in a matzah factory, from the second that the flower touches that water, they have 18 minutes. It takes them about three to four. They don't stop. The guy opens the window, water, flower, water. The guy stands there, he's got crazy muscles. He needs it very fast. He needs the flower and the water. After he needs it, he throws it out. They roll it. He cuts it into little teeny pieces. They throw it to the women. They roll it. They put it onto a stick. They run to the guy who makes the holes. He finishes making the hole. He puts it on another stick. It goes into the oven. There's not one second that someone leaves that piece of dough alone because if you leave it alone, it will rise on its own. Matzah is hashkacha pratis. Matzah is every part of it, whether it's being baked, whether it's having holes, whether it's being rolled, whatever is happening, there's always someone doing it. Matzah represents hashkacha pratis. Matzah represents hakadosh baruch hu. And therefore. If you think that Tzias Mitzrayim just happened, 
it was just happened. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the essence of Hashkacha Pratis. Why? What's the connection? Because Hashem took water, nature, and turned it into blood. He broke the nature. He took frogs, and they jumped into ovens. Frogs don't dump into ovens. He took darkness and made it so dark that you couldn't get up. He took barad, and he, cre- he made the barad have ice and fire in the inside. He, he went and split a yam where a yam doesn't split. It freezes maybe, but it doesn't split. He did everything to break nature, to show, to show the Jews that there is no such thing as nature. I am nature, whether it's water or blood, whether the can is full or empty. Hashem Echad. And that's Pesach. And that's why, yeah, the matzah's in memory of the eating of the matzah. The lack of chametz is in memory that we became a nation and we were taken out by a, a God and it didn't just happen. And therefore for those seven days, no chametz, you can't even see it. And anyone who was ever involved, the kids that I deal with that are atheists, yeah, they went online and they read some guys this and they read some guys that and this idiot came out with a book from footsteps that everybody, all the girls are reading, and it's totally anti-Yiddishkeit, and they're like, oh, I could just read it. No, because if you read it, it goes into your heart, and then you start to have questions. No, you cannot read it. Chamech, you cannot have, by your matzah, you cannot have even a drop. You can't even have a crumb. If you open up that crumb, you're going to rise to be a big challah, to be a big nothing. And a boy said something unbelievable to me last night. He said, Rebbe, what happened to the challah? Why is it so big? Manashtana, what happened to the dough? The answer is, what is the dough full of now? That it wasn't full of before. What happened? Air. Nothing. It got bigger and bigger and it looks amazing, but really, it's the same amount of dough. It's the exact same amount of dough. All that's in the dough right now is air. The satan, that's his game. It's really full of air. There's nothing there. It's like a movie. You turn on the lights, and the movie's over. You can't see it anymore. It's only in the darkness. So that's why it answers all our questions. That's why you have to tell it to your children. That's why the mitzvah of Pesach Saper. We got it to Levincha to tell your children is Nothing happens on its own. Chametz happens on its own. Matzah has to be touched and watched for every second. Ushamartim has to be watched because Baruch Hu watches the world. If he doesn't watch the world, the world is gone. If he doesn't work on the world, if he doesn't put his, his being into the world every second, it's gone. That's what Pesach is. And that's why you get kares. Because if you're an atheist, you cut yourself off from God. If you cut yourself off from God, you cut yourself off from Yiddishkeit. Wow. I never gave this shit before. That's all the answers to all the questions and that's why you don't eat chametz on Pesach. Because of the matzah. It's called Sa'ar Shabi Isa. The Satan is called the Sa'ar Shabi Isa, the sour part of the dough. The part that makes the dough rise. And you look at it and you're like, wow, movies, money, cobbled. Look what I got. Look how big it is. It's air. It's nothing. It's air. That's what he does. That's his power. And that's what Pesach is. And that's why you can't have chametz on Pesach. And we and, and, and there's a very beautiful word also that because he's a germ, 
because the satan is like a bacteria. So when you have a baby, we were born, we'll talk about this mitzvah, my next Pesach. We were born as a nation. We weren't a nation. We came into Mitzrayim, 70 people. That's what it says, right? Shivim Ish. We were 70 people. We left as B'nai Yisrael. We came in as 70 individuals. We left as a nation. We were born as a nation on Pesach night when we left Mitzrayim. When you're born, the room has to be totally sterile. Any little bacteria will never kill the kid. I remember, I'm sure there are mothers in this room that remember that when your baby is born, so the, the nipples of the bottle, we had to boil them. That the shit, right? You had to, in the old days, now I don't know, maybe they, maybe they throw them out, I don't know what they have, but, but we had to boil them. So, so, so if, if, I remember, like, wow, like, my grandchildren also, like, my, my kids are like, Tati, you know, if, if it fell on the floor, oh my gosh, you gotta scrub it and boil it and clean it, and you don't put, you don't put the tummy back in the kid's mouth, the, the, the pacifier, tummy. You don't put the pacifier back in the kid's mouth, if it fell on the floor, if it, if it touched the counter, oh my god, you gotta boil it, wash it, scrub it! Six months later, fell on the floor, puts it back in the kid's mouth, fell on the garbage, you go, Okay, you put it in your mouth, you lick it up a little bit, you put it back in his mouth, right? What happened? What happened to the boiling? And the answer is, because when they're a baby, every bacteria, now they're six, they're six months old already, a year old, big deal. You're not going to get sick from that. It's not, you know, the baby, very careful. So we were babies. We were just born as a nation. Hashem said, you, you can't have a little bacteria. You can't have a little atheism. You can't have a little bit, things happen on their own. Nothing. It has to be sterile. It can't even be in your land. It has to be totally sterile for Klai Yisrael. And that's Pesach. We come in every year. We relive that being a sterile. Ay vey. Today we're not so sterile. Ay vey. The bacteria is in our house. Why we by the Seder? The television is that place. The, the screens are that place. The, 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 what's it called? The computer is somewhere else. And our house is sterile. Our houses are sterile. But I'm trying. That's when had to be sterile. Okay. Um, if you if you have time and you have have internet, it would be good to listen to my boys shit last night. I don't have the time to go into that point that I made last night because I want. I heard a fantastic story today, and then I want to end off with a with a thought. So the story I heard today, just everything is very much shared. I went to Leviah today, um, and. My brother-in-law was there, and we, we, you know, we're Kahanim, so we're, we're outside. So we were talking, and he said, I have to tell you a story. So this is Rav Zilberstein. I don't know if you ever heard of Rav Zilberstein. He wrote a book, Lenin Shabbat. He is Rav Chaim Kainesky's brother-in-law. He's Rav Yashiv's son-in-law. He's unbelievable. So he said over, he wrote in one of his forum, he writes every week in the parashas, he wrote over one of his forum, you want to know if Hashem is this Hashkacha practice. He wrote the following story. And he, does, he doesn't make up stories. He's, he's a Galadar. He's like Rav Chaim. So he wrote this. He's very careful what he writes. Not that I'm saying anyone, nobody makes up stories. Just, but he's a Galadar. He wrote the following story. So there was this, this, um, this couple had a, young, uh, had a baby that was born in Eretz Yisrael. And the, the heart of the baby was very messed up. The valves were on the wrong side. Everything was messed up. And there was no surgeon in Eretz Yisrael that would touch this. And they said, the baby can't live very long with this heart, so it's going to have to have surgery, it has to have surgery right away. And they went to all the doctors. One of the doctors said, listen, there is a, there's a brilliant guy in Germany, it's a true story, there's a brilliant guy in Germany, and send him to all the, all the tests and see what he says. So they sent him all the tests, 
And he said back, I will do the surgery. I will do the surgery, but it's very expensive. I don't know, hundred, a lot of money. They had no choice. They went. They started collecting money. They got letters from everyone, all the gedolim. They right away, you have to save a kid. What's the question, right? They raised a large amount of money. They got on a plane with the baby, with, with doctors and everywhere, with the, whatever. Hatzol had to take whatever. They get to, they, in Germany. This is where the doctor is. He's in Germany. They come to the doctor, you know, before the surgery to meet the doctor, to go through, the, he wants to see the kid, whatever it is. And the doctor says, I made a very big mistake. What's the mistake? I didn't take in consideration the hospital money. It's going to be $100,000 more than what he put together, this guy. And in two days, I'm going on vacation for a month. I'm going around the world. This is a poor man, a Kylo man from, from B'nai Brak. He's like, Doctor, ah, I can't come up with $100,000, and even if I could, not in two days, whatever the doctor says, listen, I can't lay out the money for the hospital. It's not going to work. So it's, I forgot to tell you about the hospital money. I'm sorry, I can't do it. So the, the secretary that was waiting for the doctor, when the doctor went back to his office, she felt really bad. These people flew, this little baby. She said, listen, you're Jewish. I see you, you know, you're wearing Jewish stuff. There happens to be a very, very famous German man. It's a true story. Very charitable, very rich. Go to him. What's his name? This is his name. He says, I don't speak German. I don't know my way around. She says, okay. I'll do the research. I'll get you his phone number. I'll get you his address. I'll get you everything. Fine. She comes back half an hour later. She gives him the address. She goes, hurry up because he is leaving in two days. This is a vacation that his wife, he's not canceling the vacation. Go to him. Maybe he'll help you. Okay. He comes to this house in Germany. Huge, like a huge mansion. He rings the bell. He's going to try. The butler comes to the door. He says, how can I help you? He says, I have a baby. He tells him the whole story. The butler feels bad for him. He says, okay, I will, I will go to the master of the house. Who should I tell him is calling? So he goes, well, he's not going to know my, my name. He goes, tell him a younger man in Yiddish. A, he, now he's speaking Yiddish and German is the same, pretty much. He says, tell him a younger man from B'nai Brak, which means a young Kylo man from B'nai Brak. A younger man from B'nai Brak. So the butler comes back. It's not a ridiculous story. The butler comes back, and you know what's ever told to me on the day of my shear is meant to be told to you. Butler comes back, he says, my master will meet you in his den. Comes into the den, the man's standing there, he's very nervous, he's on the phone, he takes a manila envelope, and he hands it to him. He says, he says no, I, I, didn't, I didn't tell you what, what I'm collecting for, he figures, he gave him a check like he gives everybody else, he goes, I didn't tell you it's an emergency, he says, I don't have time to talk to you, I'm on a phone call, and I have an appointment that I'm late to, just take this, and have a good day. He walks out, he's broken. The guy didn't even give him a chance to tell him about his kid, whatever it is. He opens up the envelope, it's $100,000. Great, you gotta hear the end of the story. $100,000, oh my God, why would this guy give me money? He doesn't even know who I am. He doesn't even know who I am, $100,000. Right, it's a, a cashier's check for $100,000. Cash. So, he comes right back to the doctor, he's like, Hashem, I don't believe this, this is not, that, the guy is crazy. He thanks to that. Now the operation, everything's fine. Bring the baby back to Eretz Yisrael. So he makes a suda haida, suda haida, and they went around in Eretz Yisrael. What happened? That he didn't have the money, and that he went to this guy. It's like a nace and a niflin. You know, everyone's talking about nisim, and then, right, fine. So he makes a suda haida. He invites everybody, and when he's finished, there's a man in the back who comes to him and says, "The hundred thousand dollars." was my money. 
you owe me the $100,000. It wasn't for you, it was for me. He says, what are you talking about? I don't even know who you are. He goes, I have this and this is a true story. I have this and this yeshiva. In the story it says, what yeshiva? I have this and this yeshiva. We worked on this German millionaire for years. We flew him to Israel. We showed him the yeshiva and finally got him to promise to donate $100,000. So why did he give it to me? He said, when you told him, what did you tell him? Who, who are you? He said, a younger man from B'nai Brak. He said, you know what my name is? My name is Rev. Younger Man from B'nai Brak. He thought that you were me. So he gave you our money. So he, they came to Besden. How does, how does the Rav know about it? Because he, he's, he's on Besden. How does, he, how does he know about the story? So they came to Besden and Rev. Younger Man said the guy, we, we did this not him and he it was a Mecca toys he gave it to him thinking that it was for a Rav Jungerman from and he says and you want to know the craziest part that was the day I was in Germany and that was the day that I was supposed to pick up the envelope so he was expecting me and you know why I was you know why I didn't I wasn't there he said I wasn't there because I got stuck in an elevator and when I got there he was gone because he had that meeting. So we want the money back. The yeshiva wants the money back. So they went to Rav Chaim Kainevsky and to him and they paskin that the money goes to the poor boy, not to the yeshiva. Because it's Siddhartha, he gave it to him. Once he gave it to him and he used it, you cannot ask him for the money back. That's what they paskin. So this guy was broken. He was broken. He, he worked so hard to make this money. So he sent a letter to the man in Germany. And he told him, the younger man was a younger man, not Rabbi Younger Man. You gave it to the wrong person. But we, we can't ask you. We just want you to know that, that this is what happened. He got back a week later a check from the German guy for $120,000. He said... If this could happen, if this is what Hashem wanted, and it should come through you in all these three years, because God knew that on that day there had to be a surgery, and that the money would not be there, and he, so for three years you worked on it, and your name was Rabbi Yungaman, and he decided to say, Yungaman, then you guys must be tzaddikim. So I'm not giving you a hundred that I promised you, I'm giving you a hundred and twenty. That's matzah. That's matzah. You don't need such a story that you wake up, that everything that happens in your day, you'll see that after a person leaves this world, he sits there in awe of who God was in his life, of making the left turn and the right turn and not being in the, in, in the airport, and yes, being in the airport, and I was he- hearing people in Brussels, and they were saying, I was lucky. Not lucky. From, from him. He, he was on the Besden, that Paskin, that's how he knew the story. That's how he knew the story. He was on that Besden. When they came to Besden, they said, hey, you got to give us the money back. That's how he knew it. And then he said, I wasn't sure if Apsak was right. So he went to Rav Chaim. Rav Chaim said, no, you don't have to give them the money back. You got it. You used it. If you didn't use it, we'll be made. you got it. You used it. They passed him. Whatever it is. You don't need such a story, but such a story that that is, that's what Pesach is. That's what life is. And after 120 years, 
you're going to feel so rotten when you see all the things that God did for you. You thought this was bad. You thought this was that. You thought you were lucky. You don't even know that you, at that point there was a car and Hashem made you the, 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 uh, a garbage truck parked and you couldn't move and you're cursing. I have an appointment and I have an appointment. How could you do this to me? And really, there's an accident that was supposed to happen with you and you missed it. And Hashem put a car, a, a truck in the way. Sometimes the Xera is not broken. Right? The Xerah is there, the car that's supposed to hit you is there, but Hashem delays you from getting there. So that the Xerah was there, but you weren't there. The Xerah happened, but you weren't there. It happens a lot. I see many times, I feel bad for the people that the police pull over on the highway, and they're giving them a ticket, but meanwhile, I was speeding. So had they not pulled that one over, it would have been me. So I feel bad that they pulled them over, but I'm like, whoa. This person was, and I was supposed to be a half an hour before, ahead of that person. I would have gotten the ticket, but I got stuck with this and I was all upset. Nah, everything, everything is matzah. Everything in life is matzah. He's watching you from the time you grow. And he doesn't let go. He never lets anything happen on its own. That's the subtle. That's chametz. So I want to read you something. We miss our poet very much. But Hashem has his ways. So this is in the honor of Nechama, who we do miss very much. And I say Kaddish for her every tefillah after Eleinu. I do not forget her. I took on to say Kaddish. Rabbi Freeman says Kaddish every tefillah. I say by Eleinu every, all three, three times a day for Nechama Basavram. I met a girl today who went through a very, very hard life. And she went to rehab but not rehab for drugs, rehab for eating disorders and for a lot of other things that she went through. And she came to my office today and she said, Rev. Wallstein, I wrote some stuff. I'd like you to read it. To, to me, I should read it to myself. You gave me hope because I sent it to this rehab. And I want to read you what she wrote. It'll take two minutes. She is on the level of Nechama. So she starts off on the outside of her booklet I survived because the fire inside me burned brighter than the fire around me. That's her, in other words. And, and she happens to be an artist. And if you, I don't know if you could see this, but everything is black. And she's on the swing. You can't really see it. I'm going to pass it away later. There's a girl sitting on the swing. And the fire within her is the heart. So the heart is lit up in the dark, dark here, and the fire around her. So she's not only a poet, but she's an artist, Okay. But there's something that I really I want to read you that's that's not normal. He says the following. I admire the blind guy who stands tall holding his walking stick like a golden wand. Not phased by the dark, he creates his own light. He paints his own world and colors that has never existed before and cannot be seen. No shame. He didn't choose to be blind, but he makes his life so beautiful. His life isn't perfect, not close to perfect, but it's rewarding. So next time, you can't help but stare at the blind man in the subway station as you marvel at his grace, as he navigates his way, realize he is not a blind man, he is an artist of mind and spirit. Godless. Godless. It's not what your eyes see. It's what your soul sees. I'll read you one more. 
I will read you one more. Hmm, where's the other one? Oh, it's on this little page. I'll read you this. I actually gave a share on this. I cannot, she didn't hear the share, but I cannot believe, I guess, she wrote, I don't know if you remember my share on this, but whoever listened to all my share will, will recognize this. She wrote this before she left. She's now back. Buried beneath layers of soil and trapped between stones, the little white seed fell trapped and alone. Oh, how she longed to bloom and sprout, but here she was stuck wishing to be let out. Her heart sang a sad song. She tried her best to remain hopeful and strong. Her tears began to pour out, falling softly to the ground. Yet little did she know it was those tears that were helping her grow. Every day she cried and cried. It was so unfair she wondered why. And when and then it happened, she began to grow. Her growing pains caused her tears to continuously flow. A warm glow started shining down. The sun had made its way underground. The feeling of happiness she held on to so tight, it lit up her darkness like a magical light. Her tears and sunshine started lifting her out of the ground. The little white seed began to sprout. A little stem stood tall and proud. Her color started coming out. Colors like no one had ever seen. A stem and leaves that were a perfect shade of green. In the garden she stood tall, admired by all. Sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried. But actually, you've been planted. Wow. Wow. Everything. Everything has its reasons. And a girl, after what she went through to be able to write this, is because you understand that Hashem is needing the matzah all the time. He never lets you alone. Never leaves you alone. And that's what Pesach is. And that's what matzah is. And the opposite is chametz. Chametz is atheism. You can't have it in your house. You can't own it. You can't see it. You can't taste it. By your matzah, by your raw. You have to sell it. You have to burn it. You have to be mavatal it. What do, you, what do we say? We say, de Any crumb that's in my rishos, any drop of thought that there's not a God, any drop of thought of, there's no Ashkocha Pratius, Kuchamira Chamir de Ikabushusi, Havalika it should become Hefker, it should not be mine anymore, like the dirt. And after you say that, you burn it, and you sell it, you gotta get rid of it, because one drop of atheism grows into a big challah of atheism, which in the end is just ear. May we all be zeicher to see this year the Korban Pesach in the Beis HaMikdash. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.